0: Hey, well, good morning and welcome to week two of When Pigs Fly. When Pigs Fly, I walked out of church last week and my friend said to me that I've been inviting to come to church. I'm glad to He's like, wouldn't it be really cool if you guys had someone out there like throwing pigs across the windows as you preach? I said, you're going to fit right, into <laughs> right in at this church, right in at this church. Man, we're so glad you guys are here today. Man, I... Uh, I'm just my heart's heavy this week. My heart is heavy for our church. I, I last week we started this series on when pigs fly, and it's really just a series on miracles. A lot of times in church world, we do things to kind of try to create, try, try to catch or create trying to catch your mind or maybe cast some creativity, kind of pull you in a little bit. But we all know that pigs can't fly. I don't know if you knew that or not, but when, when pigs fly and um, when pigs fly, that's a saying that people say, maybe if you're here today and you're young, like I've never heard that before. Maybe it's just us old people. That's what we say when pigs fly, like that will never, never happen. I remember when we were at the, 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 not the YM State. before we were here, we were at the high school, West Orange High School. And I remember one week I walked in and, and, and Stephen goes, Hey man, we got a problem. I said, what's up? I said, because I can fix any problem. Just tell me, I, I fix problems all day long. I was made for this. He's like, the projector won't work. I was like, well, let me look at it. I have no idea how to fix a projector. You guys know that. Like, you like, you know, you're like, I barely enough can know how to use, you know, a, a screwdriver and a hammer. He's like, "Yo, this thing's not working. So I marched my little butt upstairs at the, at the West Orange High School. And I said, hey, I'll fix it. He goes, what are you going to do? I said, you got a screwdriver? I said, yeah. I said, put it all back together. It was all a positive. Put it back together. And I walked up to the projector. I swear to goodness. He goes, Wes, you, you can't fix it. I said, put it back together. He put it back together. I walked up to and I said, Jesus, in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Lord, help this, help this projector to come back to life. And I raised that projector from death to life. That was the first miracle and the only miracle that I ever, ever performed. But I want to let you know, I'm a, I, can, I can do some miracles. This, I was my only one. I've never done anything like bigger than that. But that's pretty big because how many of you guys know, I love with the, way, um, the way that Matt calls it. Matt's like, I, I, if I don't know the words, I can't sing the songs. So we don't have projection. We can't sing the songs. That would take a miracle for all of you guys in here to know know the words of the song. I got an article today or this week from Rob. There was a, a group of young, college, young high school students on senior skip day out in Jacksonville, Florida. And you've probably seen this Made National News. They were out swimming out on, on the coast and a, a, a tide caught them and took them two miles away from where they were. And they were just swimming and swimming. They kept on fighting, they kept on fighting. It was a, it was a young man and a, and a young lady, seniors. They thought, this is it. And they, they started praying. They said, God, if you exist. How many of you guys ever prayed a prayer before? God, if you exist, send a, send a miracle. I God, I, I need a miracle. And a boat came up. A boat pulled up and picked them up. The name of the boat was called Amen. The name of the boat was called Amen. So I don't know if you believe in miracles or not today, but I, I do in here today. The Bible tells us this, that the Satan's come to kill, steal, and destroy. So when bad things happen to your life, it's not God. God gets a lot of credit for the good things. It's weird. God gets credit for the good things, but he also gets fault for the bad things. But the Bible says that he's come to give us an abundant life, an incredible life, a life that's overflowing, a satisfying and a full life, but the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I went to go visit uh, Trisha's grandson in the hospital this week, this lady, I went up there and I visited him. And I walked, and he was doing a lot better. So that was my second miracle I performed. I just walked into the hospital, all of a sudden he was feeling better. Trisha, I heard him talking from across the way. I walked into his little into his room to check on him, and I checked on him. And I walked downstairs. When I walked downstairs, I heard this lady, this this um, this nurse talking on the phone. She's like, "Honey, child, don't let the devil get you, honey, child. The the satan's come to kill, steal, and destroy, honey, child." But don't don't let him get you. And I was like, I looked at her I was like, preach it, sister. Preach it. That was, that was good. The enemy comes to kill, stone, destroy, but Jesus comes to give us an abundant life. And sometimes when he does get us, the only way to get away from the enemy is for a miracle to happen. The only way for us to get away from the miracle, the only way for us to get away from the enemy is for a miracle to happen. And so last week we launched our series, of, um, When Pigs Fly, and the definition I gave you was a miracle is when God does something that we can't. A miracle is when God does something that we can't. I'll let you know, and I know this day that I would be a terrible God. You're, you'd be a terrible God. And so I want to let you know that, I man, a miracle is when God does something that we can't. Have you ever been in a situation where you couldn't make something happen and God showed up and God did what only. What only he could do. I, I, I wrote down a list of things people messaged me last week. And if you're looking for a miracle, I believe that God's gonna do something in the next 21 days that only he can do and that we can't do. And people are praying for, their, for miracles in their marriages and they're, they're praying for financial miracles and health miracles and pregnancy miracles and job miracles and relational miracles and, and business struggles and the business miracles and some, some, some struggle with addiction and general direction, just saying, hey God, I, I feel like I'm in a holding pattern. Have you ever flown before? And they say, they come over their thing and they say, um, ladies and gentlemen, we're not going to land right now. We're in a holding pattern. That is the worst news ever. Just be up in the air. Your destination's down there, but you're just kind of flying around. I mean, so many people are like, yo, I'm, I need a miracle. I feel like I'm in a holding pattern. I just need some, de- if God can give me some sort of piece of direction, I would appreciate it. And so last week we learned this. We work as hard as we can. If you're looking for a miracle, we work as hard as we can. We work as hard as we can. And second thing we learned is that we got to pray for God to show up. That's a miracle. That's that's the that's the that's the, the ingredients of a miracle. We gotta pray that God will show up, and we gotta work as hard as we can. And I believe this. But some of you guys are here today, the miracle that you're asking God for is you're asking for a health miracle. And today I want to talk to you guys today about a about a health miracle. And if you're here today, like I don't need a health miracle. My health is good. My health is doing my health is doing fine. I got a phone call this week um, from my from my, a text from my sister and saying um, I pray for our aunt. She had to make the decision whether or not take her take her husband off of off life support. And so on Thursday or Friday, she took her husband off life support. And this morning, I just got a text this morning at 4 a.m., he, he's gone. He, he's, he's dead. And sometimes we pray for miracles. We pray that God would bring the person out of the miracle. We pray that God would, would send the boat named Amen and show up. Sometimes we pray for the cancer to go away. And, and sometimes we find out that God heals, but he doesn't heal all the time. God heals. But he doesn't heal all the time. And we don't know why that, that doesn't happen. I'm not here today to tell you why, why bad things happen. I know bad things happen because there's an enemy out there that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And I wish that I could, I wish that I could pray and I could make sure that everything that ever happens, everything I just walk up to things and touch it. And if someone's looking for a miracle and healing, I wish that I could just pray and it would happen. But God does heal, but he doesn't heal all the time because we've all been a part of people's lives where we've seen God heal them, but then we prayed for God to do a healing but in our situation and we did see that he didn't. He didn't show up. God heals, but he doesn't heal all the time. I wrote down this. If you're praying for healing, don't stop believing. You ever heard that song? You've heard that song before, the Journey song, Don't Stop Believing. I don't want to play a song for you this week. I played a song for you last week, but I don't want you to stop, stop believing. My sub point of my message today or one of the points of my message today or one of the titles is just don't stop believing. Don't stop, don't stop believing. All the people that sent me these prayer requests in here today that I wrote down, they're not gonna stop believing and you shouldn't stop too. If you've been here today, you've been praying for a long time, don't stop believing. If you've been working for a long time for a miracle, don't stop, don't stop believing. I wrote down a couple of verses just to kind of get us warmed up a little bit in the scripture today. Matthew chapter 13 verse 58, the Bible says this, and he did not, and he did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith. I, there, Jesus doesn't do miracles sometimes because we have a lack of, lack of faith. That's sometimes why he doesn't do miracles because we don't, our faith's not there. Our faith isn't there. The Bible also tells us this in Mark chapter 5, verse 34. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well, so go in peace. Your suffering is over. There are some people that he doesn't heal because they have a lack of faith. And there are some people that he does heal because they have great faith. And Jesus said to the man that in Luke chapter 17, there was a man there who needed some healing and Jesus said to the man, "Stand up and go. Your faith has healed you." So there are some people he doesn't heal because they have a lack of faith. There are some people that he heals because their faith is so great. My question for you last week is and not if you believe miracles, but the question is really how big is your how big is your faith? How big is your how big is your faith? Mark chapter ten, verse fifty-two. And Jesus said to him, "Go, for your faith has healed you." Some people God just their faith actually healed them instantly. The man could see. And he followed Jesus down the road. He followed Jesus down the road. I want to preach this message to you today. And I want you to take a picture of this or write this down. This: Jesus uses miracles to build our faith. Jesus uses miracles to build our faith. My question for you today is, how big do you want your faith to be? Have you ever prayed for something and then as soon as you prayed for something, God sent you a trial to see if you actually really wanted what you really prayed for? <laughs> That's miserable. Like, Wes, take that out of the message. They don't want to hear that in second service. Have you ever got? Have you ever? Have you ever asked God for something? God, I really want to. God, I want to be faithful. God, I want to do this. God, or I want to do this, and then all the automatic, maybe maybe God doesn't send you an obstacle, but maybe the enemy sends you an obstacle. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start going to church. I'm starting to go to church. God, I'm going to start going to church, and then Sunday morning happens. You have a flat tire. Or, man, I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start going to church. I'm going to start going to church. Or, hey, I'm going to start being kind to people. I'm going to start being kind to people. And, like, everybody that you meet, they just don't even deserve to be kind to. Like, they don't even, like, you don't deserve me to be kind to you. Like, I was talking to a friend of mine, very, very sad thing. And she's really, God's trying to do some things in her life. And her, her mom, her, her mother-in-law died of cancer. And uh, her father, and, and, and she's left to kind of take care of her father. And I was talking to her this week about, about her faith and about her journey and her walk with God and all these things. And she said, you know, Wes, I just, I kind of got to a place in church where I kind of looked around and I said, if all those people are going to heaven, I don't want to go there. Have you ever asked God for things or prayed for things? And it's like, man, as soon as I asked God to do something, it's like, as soon as I did that or I prayed that, it's like, man, it's like, man, he's testing me already. Or the enemy's testing me or saying, God, I want to trust you more. God, I want to trust you more. God, I want to trust you more. Then he tells you, hey, you got to move on from that toxic relationships. Why is it so hard for us to leave toxic relationships? <laughs> we don't like, no one likes toxic. No one likes to drink. No one, if you, in my, in my bathroom, this is, I just thought of this, just popped in my head and probably I shouldn't say it, but you're, you, it's weird because underneath my bathroom, there's Drano, but there's also mouthwash. Like those two things shouldn't be together. Like nobody wants to drink. Nobody wants to drink poison. Nobody ever, Nobody, nobody wants to drink poison. We, 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 we don't. We, we want our. If we want our mouth to smell good, we want to kill the germs. We want mouthwash. We don't want to. We don't want to drink, Drano. We don't. Want to, that's not. That's not. But sometimes we. It's so weird. But sometimes we stay in toxic relationships. So whatever it is that you're asking God for, sometimes you ask God for those things, and sometimes it seems like He doesn't. It seems like He doesn't show up. I want to read, read a pastor of scripture to you today. That if this won't help you, I don't know what will. Um, but in John chapter 11. Um, there's a very, very familiar passage of scripture. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. In John chapter 11, verse 35, the Bible says that Jesus wept. And it's funny because that's what, that's the most popular verse ever in the Bible. It's the shortest verse in the Bible. A lot of people know it. I, I walked, I meet people all the time, like, you know the shortest verse in the Bible? I said, yeah, what is it? John 11, chapter 35, Jesus wept. It's two verses. It's two, it's two words. One verse, two words. I know it. I've never, ever preached this, this passage of scripture before. So if you don't mind, I'd like to walk through it with you today and It's 42 verses, and I know what you're thinking. Wes, you've never, ever preached 42 verses, and so just give us the cliff note version. I'm going to do my best to walk through 42 verses with you today. If you're visiting for the first time, hang in there, okay? We're glad you're here. You're going to make it. It's going to get better. (laughs) Um, Verse 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 1, the Bible says there was a man named Lazarus, and he was sick. Pretty clear. He lived in Bethany with the sisters Mary and Martha. You guys have heard of them before. We've preached about them before. This is the Mary, this is the Mary who later poured the expensive perfume on the Lord's feet and wiped them with her hair. Her brother Lazarus was, was sick. So the two sisters got on instant messenger, DM, and they messaged God and said, hey, your friend is sick, okay? It took a lot longer back then. Back This is a little bit right before dial-up. If you don't know what dial-up is, you're, you're lucky. But this is right before dial-up. They sent some people out there. Um, our, our comptroller this week said, to me, "Hey, you got any stamps? My kids look at stamps. like, what are what are what do these stamps do? Like, does anybody still use stamps? Any of you in here you still send letters? Like, if you don't, you should. Like, if you send a like, where I'm used to going to my mail today and getting bills, but if you love someone this week, this is just a free. Why don't you send them a letter? You're going they're gonna know that you took time out of your day." to go find a 53-cent stamp, or however much they are. Every time I go to buy them, they cost more money. I'm like, why are they getting more expensive? <laughs> like, the paper's not getting more expensive. <laughs> the glue on the back, like, no one's, the, the stamps are not, um, there, there's not a whole lot of inflation, there's inflation on stamps, but there's not a whole lot of, like, there, no one's redone the stamp. Like, the stamp has not been redone, and but they're charging more for them. And they send a letter, to, hey, your friend Lazarus is sick. So Jesus has a friend who is sick. You're thinking what I'm thinking, he's going to get there as fast as he can. But let's keep on reading. When Jesus heard about this, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death, he says. Know it happened for the glory of God, so the Son of God will receive glory from this, okay? I said this to you just a few moments ago, but Jesus uses miracles to build our, our faith, and we see this right he said this is going to build somebody's faith. The miracle that you're going to see, the struggle that someone's going through, you're going to, this is going to build somebody else's Somebody else's faith. Now, I love this verse right here. I could stop here. What I love about your situation is what you don't love about it is I know it's gonna work out. The problem with you is that you gotta wait six more months or six more years. And some of you guys just checked out. You're like, I hate this church and I hate you too. It's like, you don't wanna wait six more months because we live in an instantaneous culture. We get it right. We want it right now. I don't even wanna wait in line for this. I want to put it on my app and show up. And some, And I'm thankful that Alma brought this for me. I needed this. She knew that I needed this. Last, Yesterday I did a wedding uh, for a couple in our church, and I showed up with Starbucks in hand. Like, I just can't preach without Starbucks. I'm thankful for it. Like, without Starbucks, there would be no, there would be no church. You know what I'm saying? There We wouldn't be meeting here. A little bit out of context a little bit, but it, I need that. There's a book in the Bible about coffee. It's called He Brews. Like coffee is a real necessity for life. And so we see here in the story he's like, "Hey, whatever it is that you're going through, it may be for somebody else, it may be for the glory of God." Verse 5. So also Jesus loved Martha. Although Jesus loved Martha, Mary and Lazarus, he stayed where he was for the next two days. Finally, he said to his disciples, let's go back to Jesus. I hate to say this to you, today, but your emergency is not Jesus' emergency. Jesus does not work on your timeline. This didn't make the notes today, but Jesus is not a genie in the bottle, baby. He just doesn't show up whenever it is that you want him to show up. He's on his own time schedule, we hate that. We, it, wouldn't it be nice that Jesus would get on our time schedule? Why is he always late? Why isn't he there early? Let's keep on reading. But his disciples objected. Rabbi, they said, only a few days ago, the people in Judea were trying to to stone you. Are you gonna go there again? Where you wanna go, they wanna kill you at. Jesus wants to come into your situation. Jesus wants to come into your world. He wants to come into your life. There isn't a battle. Diana said just a few moments ago, Jesus is not afraid of your battle. You might be a little bit afraid of your battle that you're walking into. You may be a little bit afraid of your situation or you may not be afraid, but I know this. That my God, he's not afraid to go into your situation. Jesus wants to fight your battle and he's not scared. I'm so thankful that as a man, you have to be, you've got to be tough for your kids when you're walking down a back alley or when you see a, an animal or when you see something bad happen or you see, a, you know, whatever may happen, you've got to be tough for that. But Jesus is, not, Jesus is not afraid of what you're going through. He wants to walk through that with you, and he's not, it, nothing scares him. I'm so thankful that we have a God that nothing scares him because if I was God, there are some things that scare me, there are some things that make me afraid. Verse 9, so Jesus says, hey guys, I'm not afraid to go where people don't think I'm supposed to go. Jesus replied, there are 12 hours of the day, like light. There are 12 hours of daylight every single day. During the day, people can walk safely. They can see because they have the light of this world. But, that, but at night, there's danger of stumbling because they have no light. Then he said, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but now I will go and I'm going to wake him up. The disciples said, Lord, if he is sleeping, he will soon get better. They thought Jesus meant Lazarus was really sleeping, but Jesus meant Lazarus had already died. He'd already lied and already died. And some of you guys feel like your situation is already dead. You can relate with this. Isn't it so cool to know that the Bible is still relevant today? What you feel like your situation, you feel like your hope is dead, and Lazarus' situation felt the same exact, same exact way. It was hopeless. Verse 15, and for your sake, I'm glad I wasn't there, for now you will really believe me. Come, let's go see him. Hey guys, I know he's dead, but let's keep on going. Verse 16, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, said to his fellow disciple, let's go too and let's die with Jesus. Like he's gonna be, Jesus is not gonna die yet. They're sad. Like, let's go be with our guy, let's go mourn with him. And just as a freebie here to tell you, even Jesus need people to be there for him on his darkest days. Are you trying to go through your darkest days by yourself? Because if you are, that's not going to work. It didn't, Jesus couldn't go through his darkest days by himself. So how do you think you're going to be able to? My dad used to always tell me this, that Jesus talked, people talked about Jesus. Why in the world wouldn't they talk about you? Have you noticed this in our society? Say if you do good, people talk bad about you. If you do bad, people talk bad about you. <laughs> so good news. People are talking about you. They're going to talk about you regardless regardless, and Jesus, this guy said to Jesus, hey, this is gonna be tough for Jesus, the Savior of the world, this is gonna be tough for the Savior of the world, now, I'm not gonna, if I'm these guys, I'm not saying that, because it doesn't make any sense why this would be tough for Jesus, but because they're humans, they say, this is gonna be tough for Jesus, and Jesus is fully God, but he's also fully man, which is incredible, it's a whole nother message, they said, we better go with him, he's gonna have a tough tough time. When Jesus arrived at Bethany, he was, he was told that Lazarus had already been in his grave for four days. Bethany was only a few miles down the road from Jerusalem, okay? So you didn't, it wasn't that far, but he had to go. And many of the people had come to console Martha and Mary in their loss. Verse 20, when Martha got word that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him. But Mary stayed at the house. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, where have you been at? Where have you been at, bro? God, why haven't you, God, I've been praying for a miracle for six weeks, six months, six years, four days. You were just a few miles away. What took you so long? Because at this point, she had already sent the messenger to tell Jesus, hey, Jesus, Lazarus is dead. The messengers have already been back. Where is your boy Jesus at? Jesus, where have you been at? She's, she's salty. You ever been salty before, ladies? Dinah said to you guys a few moments ago where she said, um, there's been times where I wanted to fight West. She, she's had what, she does want to fight me sometimes. She doesn't, because she, she doesn't want to be a loser, but she wants, to, <laughs> she wants to fight me. Sometimes, I was in the gym with her yesterday, and I'm like, I'm doing this workout, and it was, it was this means, this, a lot of you guys are like, this is pointless, but it was, I'm in the gym, I, and I like beating her in the gym. Why do I like beating my wife in the gym? I don't know, but I don't like to be a loser, so I want to be a winner. You know, you, there's, there's, you know if you ain't first, you're last, you know? I'm like Ricky Bobby, so I'm in the gym with her, and we're working out, and we've got the same equivalent weight, and we're doing our thing, and... And she's ahead of me, and I'm like, oh, my goodness, my wife is beating me at a workout like this. That's how you know there's a God, you know, like she's beating me at this workout. At the very end, I'm like, dang, you killed it, girl. She's like, no, while you weren't looking, I took some of the weights off. (laughs) I was like, praise him, Jesus. Come on, there is a God. I do believe in miracles. Where are you from, you sexy thing? Like, I believe in miracles. I was so glad. She's like, no, I I took some of the weight off. He got to this point in the story where he's like, hey, where have you been at? I'm trying to do this thing and you're not not—you're not showing up. Have you ever been like, you're like, God, I've been asking you to show up, but you still have not showed up yet. I'm so mad at you. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if he only had been here, my brother would not have, have died. But even now, I know that God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus told her, your brother will rise again, Verse 24, yes, Martha said, he will rise when everyone else rises at the last day. And she's having a theological conversation with Jesus. She's like, Jesus, he's dead. I know he's going to be dead because, by the way, whenever, whenever Jesus comes back and he's going to come back and he's going to take Christians to heaven with him, he said, like, yeah, we know he's going to come back there. And Jesus told her, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Verse 26 Twenty six. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me, he will never ever die. Do you believe this, Martha? Martha, he's not gonna come back again. He's gonna raise again in just a few moments. I'm not gonna raise, I'm, he's not gonna be, be part of the resurrection when I come back. He's back now. He's about to come back. I'm about to touch him, and breath is gonna fill his lungs, and he's gonna live again. Yes, Lord, she told him. I have always believed that you are the Messiah, the Son of God, the one who has come into the world from God. She knew who God says that he was. Verse 28, then she returned to Mary. She called Mary aside from the mourners and told her, hey, the teacher's here and he wants to see you. So Mary immediately, it went to him. Isn't it funny sometimes that when Jesus calls us, sometimes we'll immediately run to him, but when Jesus calls us, we, when, Jesus, when we call Jesus, he doesn't always show up whenever we're supposed to show up, whenever he's supposed to show up or whenever we think. That he's supposed to show up. There's a lot in this passage of scripture. Like, this is a four week sermon series. But he says here, she went right away, but Jesus didn't come right away. But she ran right away to see Jesus. And I want to encourage you today if you're in a season of life where you're just struggling, you're going through a tough time, and you feel like you're stuck in the middle. Don't wait too long to get to Jesus. And that, and I was talking to Rob today about that article that I read, to you, or that I was telling you guys about a few moments ago, where where the, the boat Amen showed up and picked up these two ladies. The, the girl said in at, in the Good Morning America interview, she said it was. The boy said it, it was basically like God was waiting for us to give up and to cry out, and then He showed and sent help. Some of you guys in here today. You are drowning and you're trying to hang in there and you haven't called out for help. And the moment you called out for help, it's like God wants to send a life raft to you. He wants to send the boat right there to pick you up and to take care of you and to be what you need him to be. He wants to be what you need for him. He wants to do that for you. He wants to show up in the middle of your mess. He's not afraid to show up in the middle of your mess. Verse 29, so Mary immediately went to him. Verse 30, Jesus stayed outside the village at the place where Martha met him. When the people who were at the house consoling Mary saw her leaving so hastily, they assumed that she was going to Lazarus's grave to weep because she'd been crying for a few days now. So they followed her there. It's okay to cry sometimes, by the way, that's just a freebie fear. If like you need to cry, go ahead and cry. Verse 32, when Mary arrived and saw Jesus, she fell at his feet and she said, Lord, if you'd only been here, my brother would not have died. Verse 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and he saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Verse 34, where have you put the body? He asked them. They told him, Lord, come and see. Why he want to go see a dead body? He had to have a purpose. Verse 35, then Jesus wept. Then Jesus wept. Verse 36, the people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? See See how much he loved him? That's why he's crying. But some said, this man man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? They're starting to ask God the question that you and I ask him, why is this happening? Verse 38, Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across its entrance, rolled the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested. Lord, he's been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. My kind of lady. My kind of lady. I don't, I don't, I know what it's like to be in a, sm- be a sm- situation. It's like, guys, you know about this. You know exactly what this, this story I'll illustrated very clearly. It's like whenever your wife says, and you have a little baby, and the wife says, hey, do you smell something, guys? What do we always say? Nope. We is it funny, guys? We never smell. We never smell a dirty diaper. Can you remember back? Some of you guys. We've never. We, my wife said, like, "You can't smell that." No, and then she starts changing. You're like, "You need help?" <laughs> no, I don't. She said, it smells so bad, God. We do not want to. We do not want to. We don't want to roll this tomb away. The verse 39. It says, verse 40. Jesus responded, "Didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believed?" So they rolled the stone aside. That Jesus looked up to heaven and said, "Father, thank you for hearing me." He didn't say anything yet, but he's telling God, "Thank you for hearing me." Just so you know, God hears your thoughts. If that's not scary, I don't know what is. You'll always hear me, and He'll always hear you. If you haven't cried out to Him yet, you should cry out to Him because He always hears you. But I said it out loud for the sake of all the people standing there, so they will believe you sent me. I'm going to say it out loud so everybody else can hear because Jesus knows what I'm trying to teach you today that Jesus does miracles to build your faith. Jesus said it loud because he wanted to build somebody else's faith. Jesus' faith was fine. By the way, your faith may be fine. Your faith may be fine. your, Your faith may be for somebody else's miracle. I don't know about you in here today, but I'm so glad that my faith is for somebody else's miracle. I'm glad my faith to start a church, my faith in God to come out and start a church, it's building somebody else's faith. I'm glad that my decisions in life are going to affect somebody else's decisions in life. I'm glad that when I, when I fight my battles through worship, it's teaching somebody else to fight their battles in worship. I'm glad that when I give, and my, I, give, I give to God and when I'm faithful to God, I'm glad it's building somebody else's faith. I don't know about you here today, but my life would be boring if I wasn't building other people's faith. Uh, we're going to have next steps in just a few, and then our, after our second service in the back room over there, and I'm going to tell everyone in that room here and say, your life will never count until your life counts for somebody else. Your life will never count until your life counts for somebody else. I was driving to meet a friend the other day that I've invested the last eight, almost 10 years of my life into. And as I was on the way to invest in him, I got a phone call from a high school student named Kelman Bellamy. I met Kelman Bellamy at at the school that he was at. I was a youth pastor. Come to find out that I'm his cousin. And Kelman said, thanks for investing in me. I don't know about you and your day, but I don't want to get to the end of my life and realize that my life didn't count for anybody else. Your faith is building somebody else. The miracles that you're going to see and that you're going to be part of, it's not for you. It may be for somebody else. Jesus wants to use your miracles, the miracles in your life to build your faith. He wants to build your faith. And not just want to build your faith. That was last week. He wants to use your faith to build somebody else's faith. Some of you guys are here because of somebody else's faith and somebody else is gonna come here because of your faith. My question for you today is, are you believing in miracles? Do you believe in miracles? Do you wanna be a miracle? Do you wanna get to the end of eternity and God say, you know what, I used you for somebody else. I don't wish death or bad things on anybody, but when they happen, do you wanna use your cruddy situation to be somebody else's miracle? I do, I do. I've talked to some people that have gone through some pretty, pretty tough things recently and they've all said this. I would go through it again to help somebody else not have to go through what I went through. Sounds like somebody else I know. His name is Jesus. He went through the cross so you and I didn't have to. He paid the penalty so we didn't have to. Your story could change somebody else's, your story could change somebody's life. That's encouraging to me that's encouraging to me your marriage can affect somebody else's marriage your finances can affect somebody else's finances your health can affect somebody else's finances your, your desire to your pregnancy can affect somebody else's pregnancy your job problem can affect somebody else's job problem your relational problems can help somebody else's your business thing can help somebody else's business. your addiction can help somebody else. Your, general, your your general direction it can help somebody else what you're going through can help somebody else Jesus wants to use what you're going through to provide a miracle for somebody else he wants to do that through you my friend He wants to do that for you. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all the other people to hear. Jesus wanted everybody else to hear so that they will believe that you sent me. Verse 43, the Bible says this, because I'm determined to finish this because I don't want to be a quitter. In that workout this week, I wanted to quit so bad. I looked at the coach, I'm like, hey, dude, I'm done. He goes, my coach has never let me quit. You're not quitting either. I'm like, well, I'm not, I'm different. (laughs) My dad is, I don't quit. I usually like to, I'm like, "I, I don't quit. I don't quit. And I was like, man, don't quit. I just dug in there and I don't want you to quit. I don't want you to quit on your miracle. Your miracle is about to happen, but if you quit, you'll never, ever see it. You'll never see it. I've been asking a lot of people to come to church. Yeah, come to church, 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 come to church. They never come. You would think that I would just quit asking them, not me. I'm like that annoying little eight-year-old. You don't know what that's like. Just hang out, with my son. Take him, hang out with him. He's persistent. The kids persistent. Dad dad dad, 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 Mom, 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 mom. you don't know talking about mom. I, mom. I don't even like the word mom anymore. Mom, 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 mom. Dad, 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 dad. Persistence. Persistence. This faith that we're this, that we're living out—it's about persistence and consistency and not giving up and continuing to keep on going. So, the, so we'll go back to the story. So we on verse 43, 43, verse 42, let me read that one. Then I'll go back to, you always hear me, but I said it loud for the sake of all the people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Verse 43, then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Lazarus, come running out of that grave. We sing a song about that. And he, I'm sorry, and the dead man came out. The dead man came out. His hands and his feet were bound in grave clothes. His face wrapped in a headcloth, Jesus told them, unwrap him and let him go. Now, there's a message in here today. There's lots of message in here, but I think one of the messages that I want you to know is on, is one of the messages that I always want to preach on is, is, is the message of community. You need people. Bad news for you is you need me. <laughs> and guess what? I need you. You need me and I need you. The Mary and Martha, there's a, a, God has a purpose for everything, friends. Don't think that he doesn't have a, don't think for one moment, go, God missed the detail. God is so detailed. That's why we wanna be a detail in our church. We wanna run this thing with excellence. Jesus was full of details. Why did he bring Mary and Martha? He had to bring Mary and Martha because someone had to take the cloths off this guy's body. Because for four days, if you don't move your bodies for four days, you're going to need some help moving them again. They brought Mary and Martha. They probably laid Mary and Martha down if you've ever had a hip replacement or a knee replacement. If you haven't, you're lucky. But if you have, nowadays, as soon as they replace your knee, they put you on a machine that does this for you. They start working it out already because they know they want to get that thing ready to go so you can go home and walk. They want to get you to the hospital. And you want to get out too because the longer you're there, the more it's going to cost you. You want to get out. They start working your body because they want to get you up they want to get you on. They had to bring Mary and Martha because they needed to get, they need to get Lazarus back up to operating position. And I want to let you know in here today. You got to get up to operating position so you can go out and be on mission because your neighbor is dying and going to a place called hell. And if you would get your situation fixed, then you could be a light to your neighbor. God needs you to get up and he needs you to get going because there's people that you come in contact with every single day and they need Jesus and you have Jesus and the only way for people who don't, have Jesus to hear about Jesus is if the Jesus people go to the people who don't have Jesus I can't say that again you get the point people need you what you're I don't I wish that you didn't have to go through what you went through I wish that you weren't praying for a miracle but if you're here you might as well let God get the glory because in this story it says that God need to get God's gonna get the glory he's gonna get the glory in your situation but don't wait for it to happen to you when you get to heaven let him get the glory here on this earth Let him get the glory here on this earth. I got two points. Our faith isn't based on what God does. My faith isn't based on what God does. Hey, don't let your faith be based on what God does. Don't let your faith be based on what God does. And I know it's hard. Like, Wes, you've never been through any tragedy before. I've been through some stuff that I would, I've gone through some things that that I've been through that that I wouldn't want you to have to have gone through. I've struggled with identity most of my life. Am I black? Am I white? Am I in the middle? Am I mocha? You know, my dark chocolate, and my you know, what, my caramel macchiato. Like that's confusing. You know what I know now? Now I can walk in it. I can walk in it. I can walk in it. I've gone through some things where I've, I've been, I've been pushed aside, and and, and and been like, you're not that important. I, I've been, through, I haven't been through everything you've been through. You haven't been through there I want to do. I don't want to go through what you've gone through, and I don't want you to go through what I've gone through. But if I but my faith is not based on, on what God does. There's been things where God showed up and he did what I asked him to do. And there's been things where I've asked God to show up and he didn't come through the way I thought he was going to come through. But I don't want my faith to be based on what God does. Because our faith is based on who God is. He's a good father. He's a father to the fatherless. I, I had a, something drop in my spirit the other day and it was this. Sometimes we don't get what we want. Sometimes we don't get what we want. All we get is God. And you're like, I don't want that. You should. I'd rather have, I love people. You know that. I'd rather be all alone with God than be around a bunch of toxic people. I would. You're like, well, good for you, Wes. I need, I need to be that. Because if I, if I couldn't embrace that, then I couldn't communicate it with you. You know, 90% of the things I deal with as a pastor are all relationally connected things. They're all they're all relational. That's all I deal with. I say to people all the time, all I'm dealing with, all we talk about is relationships. Our relationship with the people, and our relationship with God. That's it. That's all I do. Some guys say to me today, what do you do? What do you do all day? I said, I meet with people who are broken and hurting. You know the good news about broken and hurting people? We're all that, and broken and hurt people can help other broken and hurt people. So I get to be an example. My faith, my faith, my faith isn't based on what God does. My faith is based on who God is. Sometimes when we don't get what we want, all we get is God. I hope, church, what I hope for you is that you'll be okay with just you and God. And if you get okay with just you and God, maybe some of those desires that you want, start getting some of those. Because all God wants for you is be close with him. That's all he wants for you. I was talking with a friend of mine the other day, helping her out, trying to build her faith. I saw a friend of mine get out of of his car at the restaurant next to us and run and get out of his car. So I was like, hey, love you, bye. Ran out the door, came outside. I was like, hey, what's up, man? Started talking to a friend of mine. Trying to build his faith. Trying to build his faith. Your faith can build somebody else's faith your faith can do that you have have what it takes inside of you to build somebody else's faith do you want to build somebody else's faith someone built yours my friend Heather is here today and we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for a a couple named Craig and Stephanie Kilman we were at their house all the time That's that's how lame we were we didn't have any cool friends we hung out with our youth pastors yo I made it their faith built my faith I'm thankful for that our parents made us go to a Christian school. We wouldn't chose Christian school. Our parents put us there. Our parents put us there. We met Craig and Steph, and it helped build our faith. Let's build somebody else.